first of all congrats <laughs> um so walk me through the early days and 99 was all about the boom cycle right sure ashish so i'll go a little bit further back uh to the mid 1980s when i was 7 years old and my dad bought me a zx spectrum i really got hooked to you know gaming at that point of time and started coding games when i was 7 so i got it passionate at an early age in the late 90s i was in college studying in mumbai and i saw with my friends you know everyone was excited about gaming so i just thought that why is gaming not big in india it should become big even if it's not big and with that basic thought is why i started nazara i came from a traditional textile uh, business family but my passion had become technology computers gaming at a very young age uh, early 90s i spent a lot of time with the you know the early adopters of the internet in india you can say you know when the vsnl had just bought internet into india i spent a lot of time with people like vijay mukhi and shami kapoor and all so that really that was my club you could say <laughs> and uh, where i really grew, grew from and then in college i started nazara uh, in 99 right at the peak of the dot com boom you can say yeah and i remember shami kapoor was the legend of internet right and not too many people know about it Yeah, absolutely. He was he was such a early adopter. It's unbelievable. Even before the internet came to India, he used to dial into America online in the middle of the night on a ISD line, and ISD was so expensive then. He, of course, as many know, went on to become my mentor for over twenty years, and I learned a lot from him. Spent a lot of time with him, and the biggest takeaway for me was the amount of unbundled positive energy. It was completely crazy, uh, but yeah. great learnings yeah amazing amazing uh so you know and when you guys started and then you know probably two years or one and a half years down the line the whole thing went bust right so, yeah. so what were what were you doing in those days so we started in 99 by 2000 april the dot com burst had happened uh but of course i was very young and inexperienced right and we had built up a 50 60 member team and it took me a lot of time to get in grip with reality maybe a couple of years and by 2002 i had lost a good amount of money i remember that time i was 21 years old and i had borrowed like 2 like 3 crore rupees that time that's like in 2000 wow. right it's like 10 15 crore rupees today and i had no source of income <laughs> i had to figure out how to pay it back so it it was not not easy of course and like i often joke with everyone right that Uh, I earlier had dreams of going to Harvard and doing an MBA, but I landed up doing a much more expensive and much more enriching MBA right here in Mumbai <laughs> in those years, right? So uh, yeah, but figured out I got into this messaging business, enterprise messaging business, earned some profits there. So by 2004, I paid back everything. Uh, I paid back all the debts that I had. and then i went back to the original dream that was gaming will become big in india so let's try and do something with that and then by then the mobile phones had started coming in the nokia series 60 had started coming in so we started experimenting with games on the mobile phone starting with cricket games then in 2004 end we were lucky to get this endorsement deal with sachin tendulkar i had this uh, you know thought that you know why not partner with sachin and managed to get him convinced and i think then everything took its own this you know uh, bridge capital investment 2005 12 crores in the company 
and that gave us some you know space to experiment a bit more the tendulkar deal happened the story is that you know i wanted to partner with etel and etel would just not even take the calls and uh, i just thought one day you know we are making cricket games why not go and talk to sachin to you know partner with him and make great games using his character and his likeness so i reached out to voltel which was his agent few months i pitched to them then one day they kind of took me to sachin's house and of course after having that fanboy moment you right all of us grew up with sachin as god right so it took me 5 minutes to digest it sitting in sachin's uh, living room but after that i had prepared well i had taken you know i had made a game with him actually being inside the game for him also it was something new right and he was excited and we struck a deal which was closer to $30000 i think a year <laughs> so uh, so i think his his interest was more about uh, connecting with his fans and his you know youth fans more than monetization and that's how that deal happened uh, with that deal we had another fallout you know we got some media coverage and westbridge capital actually saw one of my interviews on cnbc and they stopped to me and that's really how that westbridge funding happened so you can say that sachin deal had you know double impact on us and of course we got the etel contract that we kind of waited very interesting and uh, then again you have seen the 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 next you know boom and bust cycle right so how did the product change uh, during those days so, so you know from 2005 when resvich invested till 2007 we experimented a lot but we were not able to monetize much uh, to be honest and we were struggling and we were just kind of growing down on the capital that Westbridge had invested 12 crores and by mid 2007 i think we had about or by early 2008 we had about 2 crores left in the bank from the 12 crores that Westbridge had invested uh, but after that uh, you know we started working with the telcos a lot we launched a games club uh, model that worked very well then we quickly exported it to many emerging countries we took it to 50 countries in the indian subcontinent middle east africa and by then we had learned our lessons a lot you know so uh, focus on tangible business focus on profitability focus on cash flows uh, lean and mean team asset light everything was So we had learned all of those things, and we were very focused on real business rather than chasing vanity metrics. So, uh, but to, to give you a perspective, we were left with 2008 almost 250 crores of cash, uh, all accumulated through our profits. So, uh, so that gave us a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, those years were good for us, and you know we enjoyed growing the business, we enjoyed the profitability, we accumulated all that money. but we were kind of we didn't at that point of time we did not diversify too much or did not we focused a lot on that business that was making money for us and just accumulated our reserves by 2015 i was seeing that the landscape in india was changing very fast because the mobile phone revolution had happened data costs had come down so now i felt that the whole uh, opportunity for gaming which i had a dream in 2000 india will become a gaming nation the landscape seemed a lot more positive for it and it seemed a lot more within reach i kind of reached out to manish ceo he was the ceo of reliance games convinced him to join us so that you know the management bandwidth could increase so manish came in in 2015 and so basically we wanted to really change our gears at that point of time 
and the whole idea was to build a diversified gaming platform which operated in multiple verticals within the gaming ecosystem so we strategized on what are the areas we are really keen on getting into and then once we identified those areas you know we had an option of either starting from scratch in those areas and building out those businesses but because we were in the business for so long we really thought we could actually you know partner with many other companies who were in the ecosystem and that's where we were created this concept called friends of nazara network which is what we have been operating we acquired majority stakes in multiple businesses we wanted to get into but what we did is we left a lot of equity in the hands of the founders so they continued to have you know a value creation in their hand we also gave them equity in nazara so that they got kind of integrated into our platform plus we gave them complete operational freedom we said run the business as you were running it before we entered we did not want to take on any operational uh, headache on our hands so we said please run it as you are you are doing it you know because these are passionate founders you know you step onto their toes then you will just mess things up so our whole focus was how do how does nazara add value to this business either through our experience through our knowledge through our contacts through our consumer base through other assets that we have our global distribution but day to day operations we left to them and that model has worked very well for us in the last few years many of these businesses we have been able to accelerate their growth like 5x 8x in the last 3 years and uh, been able to see that extra value or that synergies that we saw could happen so now we want to accelerate that uh, network that we are creating and i think the ipo is really a milestone or a you know uh, an opportunity for us to accelerate on that strategy right you know basically you have evolved with the evolution of internet in india right and uh, the product the back end infrastructure the way you you would use you were using technology right everything must have changed so how hard difficult was it to basically you know go to your team and say okay guys no more desktop it's all going to be you know mobile first right yeah. so uh, you need a very different team very different mindset right so ashish i started my exposure to the internet with a 2400 bps modem i should have written board service in my bedroom where i had these eight ten computers connected to 24 modems uh, and uh, the, the, we started with 2400 bps modems and i remember upgrading to 14.4 kbps was like crazy and 28.8 kbps was like you know nirvana i mean imagine what the world has come to in terms of speed so i am really from that era right so i've seen the evolution right from there uh, yeah so but i think that shift to mobile happened in 2004 for us so pretty early uh, because after the dot com crash when we recovered we realized that the potential monetization models existed on mobile and india would become a mobile first gaming country and that's why even in 2007 2008 we looked there was there was one phase during that period where suddenly online multiplayer games on pcs and all there were some international companies coming in level up games and ragnarok and all these and we were also looking at it very actively but we did a lot of thinking strategic thinking and all and then we said no india is going to be mobile only so let's just focus over there so i think that shift had already happened at a early time for us so it by 2015 we were a very mobile only uh, company and uh, th- uh, therefore from that perspective we didn't have to be disruptive i think uh, what we were disruptive is that we had got into a very comfortable situation of uh, you know being a very highly profitable business large strong cash reserves like i said you know adding 50 70 crores of cash every year 
so in 2015-16 we had to really push ourselves to get out of that comfort zone and do something disruptive had we not done that then by now we would have really become outdated in that sense right was this business moves very fast technology moves very fast so i think that's where we really disrupted ourselves in 2015-16 which is the results you are seeing today of course anything you do takes 2 3 years lag effect right and now i think post ipo that's what i'm telling my team and we are also thinking that we need to again disrupt ourselves not take incremental steps because as you've seen we've got such a great tremendous response and so many people have put so much uh, faith in us that you know we really need to deliver on that and that will not happen ashish by doing incremental stuff so we really have to do the zig for the zag and see how we can <laughs> disrupt ourselves in the next 3 years uh, to create that extra value for everyone so do you follow sort of a decision framework around the evolving technology the current market needs and the future needs right yeah. so i mean do you have a internal framework or or basically even a mental model around that yeah we do i mean we have to have because the technology is moving so fast and with the moving technology making so much more available uh, the consumer preferences also adapt very fast an indian consumer is not in a shell right is uh, is living in the ocean in the sense got access to every content every technology that's available in the world it's a very open environment over here it's not like china which can be uh, walled right it's very open so you're competing with the best of technologies in the world you're competing with the best of content in the world and you have to compete if you want to succeed right so i think we do look at moving trends very actively uh, we are a little careful that we don't get carried away by hype or get too tempted by technology which may be very cool but not ready to monetize let's say virtual re- virtual reality has been around for years right and the talk of virtual reality completely disrupting gaming has been around for a long time and it will disrupt there's no two things about it but is it is it here from a mass market perspective is it going to be here in 3 years 5 years 7 years that's very important because if you get carried away too early then you are again sitting in a business where the business doesn't exist so it's good to have a small r&d team that keeps doing that but when you're wearing a business cap you also need to be in charge of the what you're getting into is going to monetize for you in the near future or the medium future and as nazara we started in gaming in 99 right probably from an indian market perspective a decade too early so don't want to repeat that mistake of getting into stuff a decade too early uh, at this point yep yep and uh, so talking about the hype right uh, a lot of companies have are like raising you know tons of money and uh, there's a lot happening right so uh, how do you kind of try to stay sane you know uh, given that you know it's very easy to raise money now yeah yeah i think our dna because we come from a much earlier era where the kind of money available to entrepreneurs wasn't like this uh, investment or the vc market etc wasn't so mature as it is become today right so i of course look around and many times i feel you know what are we doing we cannot get left behind when people are raising two year old startups raise 100 million dollars that's bad and even after that we have raised we raised 50 crores in 2018 and only recently we raised 100 crores so so we've been very capital efficient and i think that's also been good for us because had we raised too much capital too much in advance of the market opportunity we would have probably burnt it i've seen a lot of gaming companies that raised a lot more capital than us in the 2007 to 2012 era 
and just burnt that money away and couldn't sustain but now the game is different so i think we have to uh, you know catch up in terms of our thinking also we have to be aggressive we have to raise funds where we need to but our true dna ashish still remains to run profitable businesses cash flow driven businesses and therefore each of the company we have acquired also today our esports business our early gaming uh, business early uh, gamified learning business our cricket uh, sports simulation business these are some of our key growth drivers they are all profitable they are all cash flow so none of our businesses are sucking cash uh, we can invest more for growth which is fine but uh, generally we don't like businesses that are burning a lot of cash interesting i mean that's very rare in today's internet economy because right. everybody everybody is trying to burn as much cash as possible yeah. like i said it's not our dna it may be the right thing it may be the wrong thing i don't know uh, there are two sides of the coin and uh, you know everyone has a different opinion but i think we can only stay true to our dna because if we don't do that we'll get into a very uncomfortable zone and uh, not do justice to anything and in general you, you guys have also seen how you know the the internet has evolved and where do you think is it going in terms of gaming industry because that's uh, i mean the landscape is changing too fast i think this is a decade of gaming in india and i'm not saying because nazara's gone ipo uh, i genuinely believe in it after 2 years 20 years in this business that everything is come together now to create that huge opportunity where in the next 3 4 5 years only gaming will become so large in terms of revenues it'll probably uh, shadow all other entertainment industries in india put together so i think that's a big opportunity from india perspective from gaming trends i think games a lot of the games are becoming social platforms you can see what's happening globally whether it's fortnite whether it is roblox it's your next these are your next social platforms right people want to spend time there they want to make friends there they want to interact there so they are the games are taking another life as you say metaverse now a lot of worlds are getting created and as the vr technology becomes more real if i were to look 5 years 10 years down you probably be lost in some of these worlds right and 10 15 years down the line you won't sometimes know which is your real world and which is your gamified virtual world probably so i think it's going to be immense impact of gaming and gaming worlds in our lives and we also are trying to see some of our products like that like for example we own world cricket championship which today is the most popular cricket game got 15 million plus users a month fairly good amount of time 50 60 minutes a day spent in it and we are not just thinking of it as a game but how can this really be the largest cricket platform in the world uh with game being the you know core of it is where we are thinking so i think that's the kind of technology shift you're going to see some of the uh, you know hard lessons you have learned building nazara you know i mean right from the early days sure so uh i think chasing vanity metrics is something i hate uh, because i did it during the dot com days how many page views do i have how many users do i have and uh, really when the music stopped it was <laughs> those patreons and uh, you uh, number of visits and number of hits was worth nothing right uh, to buy you a cup of coffee also so so i think we generally hate to chase vanity metrics right that's one thing i think the other thing is debt we are extremely averse to debt uh, and come what may we don't like to touch any sort of debt again may not be the most capital capital efficient way to work uh, if you look at it from a pure roi perspective or roce perspective 
but that's what we are we don't like that at all and we don't go anywhere close to that uh, i read a one uh, i saw a documentary where i this uh, saying of float like a butterfly sting like a bee from mohammad ali really struck me this i was in college at that point of time i had just started nazara and over the years i've tried to incorporate that in the company uh, so i took derived my own meanings from that saying so you know float like a butterfly means you should be debt free so that the uh, debt doesn't weigh you down you should be litigation free so that you are not entangled in all of those litigations and uh, you should be profitable etc so there's a lot of those learnings that we incorporate in that nazara has done well is been able to persevere over long periods of time not get carried away by what the competition is doing what the market is doing if somebody says 20 million dollars and i also need to do it we've had our own patience to stay true to what we think is the right way maybe we could have been more aggressive we could have grown bigger faster but we are happy with what we are doing and we hope that in the next decade we will sustain and grow much larger from where we are we've always valued our investors a lot created a lot of value for westbridge capital uh who's got a 40 50 x return in 14 15 years of investment we've got rakesh chunjunwala now as an investor and from 3 years we've got ifl as an investor now of course we have the whole public as an investor so i think that remains my commitment and the company's commitment that we want to create a lot of value for everyone who's connected to us we are not in it for the short run because we've been here for 20 years right Uh, and we are committed to continue working on this honestly i i have done this from when i was 7 this little else i know <laughs> what to do in any case what has been your hiring mantra for uh, you know when it comes to even say leadership and even say uh, a junior engineer yeah i think we've been very pragmatic obviously we want quality talent but we've often seen some of our what normally would not qualify as very high quality talent has actually performed extremely well for us and worked very hard for us so i think it's a combination of high quality talent but also the ability to work hard persevere and you know, really put your heart into it and some of my team members really have done that and one thing azara has had advantage of is a lot of a middle to senior team today also if you look at it has been around in azara for over a decade Uh, so we've had a lot of stickiness in our company uh, the turnover has been very limited and we've not been the highest paymasters we've not had the fanciest hr uh, you know offerings in that sense we do have the hygiene stuff in place but not very fancy stuff for the startups offer today i think what my team really appreciates and the reason for the stickiness is extremely positive intent transparency and a culture which uh, inculcates a sense of family I think that's really what's worked well for us. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, wishing you all the best. I think uh, this pretty much brings to the end of the you know conversation. So, uh, Nitish, thanks for your time, and uh, really wishing you all the best. Thank you.